I spend a minimum probably five or six hours training a chat before I ever ask it a question. And I just feed it everything. It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you solve your marketing problems and grow your e-commerce business. Cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and advice from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello and welcome. It's great to have you here. Thank you for hitting play and choosing to listen to one of our inspiring guests. And we have a super inspiring guest coming up for you today. We're going to be talking TikTok. We're going to be talking community and we're going to be talking fashion and the fight against fast fashion. Now, I love to give a little shout out to the listeners who are kind enough to take the time to post a review of the show. And I've got a shout out to do in this episode. Thanks to CNS... N-O-D-A-K, I can't even try and pronounce that, Uh, from the USA, you've left us a lovely five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. So the best kind of rating. CNS Nodak says, great interview, fantastic show. Chloe is a great podcast host and fantastic conversationalist. Her vast knowledge and many connections make this show a must listen. I am blushing, listeners. I am blushing. Thank you so much for that review. And if you would like a shout out at the start of an episode, then just go to ECMP, short for e-commerce master plan, dot info forward slash review to find out how to leave your review. Like I said, in this episode, we're talking to a crazy, inspiring e-commerce brand owner. They're selling jeans. They've reached a million dollars or almost a million dollars in sales in just six months. They're doing it sustainably. They are doing lots and lots of cool things that we'll be talking about. And he's also going to be sharing how he's been building community with TikTok and how organic TikTok is essentially their only route to sales. Yes, just organic TikTok. But in a way that, quite frankly, all of us could do. And it makes me think I really should get on and do some TikToking myself. Anyway, all of that's coming up. And make sure you listen to the end of the episode so you don't miss out on his top tips, frequently described as the best bit of the show, and my own take on this episode. Are you tying up capital with goods that take months to arrive? Let Trade pay your supplier invoices for you and then pay them back up to four months later. No security, no dilution, no more cash flow headaches. Pay only a transparent flat fee with each financed invoice. Learn more or apply to see if Trade can help your business grow at ecmp.info forward slash trade. That's ecmp.info forward slash T-R-E-Y-D. So that's Trade spelt T-R-E-Y-D. And now to introduce our special guest. Christian Hansen is the founder at Slow, a jeans company born on TikTok and a leader in the slow fashion revolution. Founded in December 2021, they've been selling for six months via their Shopify store and they're close to hitting the first $1 million. Hello, Christian. Hello, Chloe. Thanks for having me today. It's brilliant to have you on and congrats on hitting such success in such a short space of time. Thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, We will dive into how you've done that soon. But first off, how did you end up in e-commerce? Because you've done a lot of things over over your career so far, haven't you? I've always had a slight obsession with e-commerce, even when I was really young. You know, I, I literally took my dad's ID when I was like 13 or 14 years old back when e-commerce was a little bit 
more new and uh, to start a store to try and sell things online. So I've kind of always loved the prospect of selling things online, the prospect of e-commerce. And so it was kind of a natural progression from one project to the next to the next as I kind of got older and and a little bit more, maybe a little wiser. And it slow was born kind of out of those projects. And was it always, you know, when you when you started feeling like something needed to change in the fashion space, was it always that you wanted to run an e-commerce brand rather than do something else in the space? It wasn't necessarily 100% say an e-commerce based decision. I do consider myself kind of a futurist in the sense that I I do really like technology and I think technology is is the path forward. And I think that if we are going to solve a lot of the big issues in the world, you know, whether that be fashion or the climate crisis, they are going to be through technology. And so it was a natural medium to be able to sell, you know, anything. It started when I just kind of discovered how this thing that I loved that was fashion was simultaneously destroying this other thing that I love that is the world and the environment. And so it seemed like a natural medium and I thought there was a market and, you know, that's, that's where we are. And I'd say you've been proved right on that. Is there a market side of things? So let's explain a little bit about slow before we get into any more detail of what you've been up to. Tell us about the product first off. Let's start there. Sure. So the, idea is right right now we sell jeans and the goal is eventually to be able to sell head to toe fashion but right now we're exclusively a denim company the goal is really to create a product and really the first solution for slow fashion and the idea of slow fashion being the antithesis of fast fashion is that there's no waste because every product that is being made already has an owner before it's being created versus the mass manufacturing model where you want to create as much as possible and hope you sell it And so our product is really based on ensuring that we have an offering for everybody. And when you're a slow fashion company, it's not about stock. It's not, oh, no, I don't have a medium in stock. It's give me your measurements. Tell me what you would like. Tell me what color you'd like. Tell me what cut you'd like. And I'll have that made for you. And I'll have that made to your specifications. And so, you know, our first few runs were kind of our our trial orders, kind of testing the system a little bit more limited in terms of the offerings we were trying to offer. We offer five cuts and five colors and two rises. And that's basically been where we've been learning. And so the goal now is to expand. We're in our process now of, of trying to build our own manufacturing facility. And so at that point, we'll be able to offer over a million potential combinations. But The product is really to ensure that the people who fall outside of those size sets, you know, who aren't, you know, the perfect size zero in the eyes of the fashion industry, they still get clothes that feel fantastic, that fit them nicely, that make them feel comfortable in their own skin. And they can do so at an affordable price point and also in a sustainably minded way. That's impressive. You certainly would need a background in tech to manage to do this because it's to be able to scale it. It's simple from a tech perspective, but from a fashion perspective, it's incredibly hard, isn't it? That bespoke making side of things. It is. And that's ultimately what's you know led us to the decision that we are in a kind of square peg in a round hole situation right now. We're a slow fashion company existing in a fast fashion world. And it's led to pretty much all of our early challenges have been, you know, resistance from manufacturing partners and logistics partners. And so we've really come to the realization that if we want to change this industry, we have to build it ourselves from the ground up. But it is very tech focused, which is why we 
kind of call ourselves a tech company that sells jeans. It, we're very modeled that way. Uh, my co-founder is a computer engineer. And so that was, I, I went to him and I said, look, I've got a crazy idea in fashion. He's like, I know nothing about fashion. I'm like, excellent. I don't need you to. Yeah, I need you to bring everything you don't know about fashion into the mix and make it work for us. So you said you're built like a tech company. So, you know, you're obviously only, uh, you know, coming up on what, nine months well, no, a couple of years old as a business, selling for about six months. What does the team look like these days? And are you doing it all in-house or are you outsourcing some of it? We're pretty much exclusively in-house. I'm a big fan of, you know, what we can, we call like the Instagram model in the sense that, you know, when Instagram was acquired by Facebook back in the day, they had something ridiculous like 150 million users and 10 employees. And so we look to bring people onto the team who enjoy wearing many hats and enjoy, you know, having their foot in a lot of different projects at the same time. So it's hard to kind of just, we don't have a very traditional, you know, organization chart, but myself and my co-founder, Abby, we basically are leading a team, uh, Mason on customer service. We have Xena on communications. We've got a merchandiser who helps us take care of, you know, ground zero production. She physically goes to the factories and helps us figure that stuff and because we're so content-based, largely the majority of our team are based on our content side, videographers, creative directors, social media, because that's really the driving engine behind everything that we do. Got you. So does TikTok, I said you, you, know, you, you were born on TikTok. Is TikTok still a huge part of the business? TikTok is the whole reason you know, we exist. Every single customer we've ever found, every person on our email list, you know, has come from TikTok. Uh, it is still the core driver of everything that we do. I've taken a few months off from TikTok. I had some health issues and I couldn't be in front of the camera nearly as much as I wanted to be. And so TikTok's been pretty slow for the last few months and we've we've noticed it. And we're really fortunate that we already had a very strong community to continue to build and, and scale with. But that growth trajectory changed entirely when we basically stopped posting on TikTok. And the, the crazy thing is we spent $0 on ads. Like we're not even talking about paid traffic whatsoever. I've never run a single Facebook ad, Google ad, TikTok ad. We just make authentic content on TikTok and bring people along on an adventure and they love it. And I'm going to say that the majority of TikTok content isn't about the genes. It's about the mission. Would it be, do you go, do you, do you purposefully take like a mission first approach to that content? I would say so. The rhetoric is very important. It's almost less mission oriented and more David versus Goliath in a way. We have had a lot of success and it's because it's the truth and people can see that we're not, it's not a marketing angle. It's us versus fast fashion, and you're welcome to join our revolution. We call our followers revolutionaries because we are quite literally fighting a revolution. And we, you know, we are the grassroots right now of trying to change this, you know, monstrous machine that continues to get larger and larger and larger that is fast fashion. And so we found a lot of like-minded people, people that fall outside of those size sets or people that really care about the environment or people that are really sick of buying the $20 jeans that fall apart in two washes. And so our rhetoric has just been widespread, but it's always been about we're fighting this battle. You're welcome to join us, please. We'd, we'd love you to join us. You don't have to buy anything. Just you being here is really important. And I feel like that's really resonated with people is it's not, our content is not like, hey, jeans, $99, here they are, come and buy them on our website. I don't push the product ever. 
is indirect marketing. And they come to our website for different reasons. And they come to our website and they end up buying indirectly. What I find really fascinating about that is because that is obviously that the whole model is is really clever and it's kind of like what you'd learn in a marketing textbook brought to life. You know, okay, you should do content first, content first, and then it'd be but how do you do that and how does that translate into sales? Well your example is exactly that it that it works if you you know if you get that messaging right. But what I find quite interesting is that you mentioned about people who who don't fit standard product people who don't want the 20 dollar it falls apart product people who care about sustainability which are three very different customer bases three very different sets of customer needs and traditionally in startup world and e-commerce world we'd say go after one just go after one so was it a conscious decision to go after multiple or was it just these are people we we should be helping we want to help let's talk to them and see what happens yeah we we segment our you know market a lot you know we instead of sending out one communication we send out 10 and you know that's just four groups we also have some some groups that add a whole other level of social complexity you know we have a lot of uh you know we have a lot of people in our community who identify as non-binary or transgender because we don't gender our products we don't have male genes and female genes because it's measurements based i don't care I don't care if you if you want to buy a pair of you know bootcut jeans and you're you know identify as a man. I don't care. Let me just make you jeans and you wear them and be happy. And that's always been our mindset and our goal. And so we've attracted people from all walks of life that traditionally you would not see clumped together in one group or one comment section. And I think that's definitely part of the success is that the algorithm on TikTok is probably incredibly confused because of the engagement that it gets from these different groups that we're probably one of the only profiles that they all engage on at once. And so I think that to be honest, I completely ignored that advice because I got that advice early on. It was like, focus exclusively on the people who, you know, are described as plus sizes and just create a really amazing plus size product. And there's, there's a huge market fill, you know, gap to fill right there. You'll make a lot of money, but that just wasn't what we wanted to do. And we didn't. And I ignored that advice. And as a result, we've got a really great diversified community and we could grow in every direction now. And we keep using this, the word community, which I is such a fascinating concept. Right? So me, I'm a performance marketer at heart, right? I used to run a Google Ads agency. I love a bit of email marketing. Give me the stats, give me the stats, give me the stats. But I love the concept of community. But I think it's kind of one of those words that sits up there a bit, bit like with brand, where people get confused. So does this mean I've got to create a Facebook group? Have I got to create a forum site? Do I have to give people a badge? When you say community, what's the what's the nuts and bolts of that community? And and how does community function for you? I realize it's a really waffly question, uh, Christian. So I'm, I'm hoping you get what I'm asking. Basically, I would say that there's like three core drivers that really separate exactly what you're talking about, which kind of community in big giant air quotes and actual community. One is a feedback loop. And we spend a ton of time actually asking people questions and actually asking people for their opinions. And my first early days, I would spend five or six hours a day answering comments. You know, when we were at our peak, you know, viral period, you know, we did something ridiculous, like, 35 million organic views in three or four months. I went from 100 followers to 600,000 followers in like 90 days. 
And I attribute so much of that to the feedback loop that we created. We had a spot on our website where you could come and submit a form and you could ask us anything or you could tell us anything. Give me your opinion on fashion. Tell me why you don't like your jeans. The first video I ever created, I just asked people, describe your dream jeans. I have a form on my website or leave a comment here. Over the course of asking that question five or six times, I got over 700,000 answers. That's crazy. Yeah. And a lot of them, the vast majority were unique. And so if we're looking at in terms of like conversion rates, it was ridiculous. Now, about half of those came from, from comments on social media. But we had several hundred thousand people navigate off the app to our website to fill out a form and in some cases write paragraphs about what they felt about the fashion industry. And at that point, it was like, we need to answer every single one of these people. And so I answered hundreds of those people, wrote them emails, completely personal, no macros, no, you know, copy paste. Thank you for giving me your opinion, blah, 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 blah. Those are the people that converted to customers three or four months later because they were heard. And that's why I say the feedback loop powers our community because people know they, everyone has my personal email address. Anyone can email me at any time. And I get dozens of them every day and I answer every single one of them. And so feedback loop, I think, changes everything in community. And then secondly, is just the authenticity of it. If it looks like you're using it as a marketing group, it's not going to work. And that's why I never pitch the product. I talk about what I'm doing to improve the product. I don't talk about prices uh, unless it's specifically asked. Uh, it's just about, look, come and follow me, build this thing. And if you want to buy it, great. And I think it's really important to say to people, no purchase necessary. You can just exist in this community. You can live here and have fun and join our discord and join our comment sections. And there's no purchase necessary. I'm no, I don't think of you differently. And then lastly, really is just being open to those different groups of people. Like we just spoke about, you are going to attract groups of people that you never thought we're going to be interested in your product and ensuring that they feel welcome is the key because like you were just talking about in terms of performance marketing, and it's kind of hilarious because I am such a tech driven kind of futuristic kind of person. My favorite marketing metrics are the unquantifiables, the ones that we have no idea, the word of mouth, the why did our direct traffic spike 900% yesterday? And why do we have a thousand site visits from a tiny town in the middle of nowhere all of a sudden overnight? And then you find out that some person gave a presentation on our company at their high school and a thousand people in an auditorium all went to our website. I live for that stuff. And all of that stuff is exclusively built using kind of this theology of, of, of community. Dare I ask this question? For anyone listening who's can, who's thinking, yeah, I'm passionate about things, I could be doing that. Have you got any tips for them taking those steps? Maybe their first steps on TikTok, maybe switching their TikTok activity from being very by this now to a more community-focused approach? Absolutely. One, creator-driven accounts are what people want right now. What we have to remember is that people are on social media not to be sold to. They're there to escape. And there's a reason that ads on TikTok don't convert nearly at the level that people want them to. You know, people are consistently talking about how Facebook ads don't convert, but organic does. People are there to be entertained. You are an entertainer and you were there to put on a show. And they're on their lunch break or they're having a coffee. They don't want you to tell them how much money they need to spend. They want to watch you do something cool. 
And so really the core of it is just take the things that you think are maybe not cool and realize that there's actually a place for that content. Making your coffee, walking to your desk, sitting at your desk, opening up your calendar, sitting down, and then talking about the thing that you are passionate about and the thing that you are building. There are millions of people that are also passionate about that same thing. And the algorithm will help them find you. But so many people, I think, are reluctant to even try because they're like, ah, that's boring. No one wants to hear about the inner workings of denim manufacturing. No, millions of them do. Everyone now wants to know. The, some of my best performing videos are like the most boring concepts. Why is this denim on this table right here? Oh, okay, this is what's going to happen. This is the machine we're using. This is what we're doing. People just want to be entertained. They want to feel like they're coming along on a journey. And so really coming back to the core question, just create things that you're passionate about. And those people who are also passionate about it will find you, but don't make it about your product. Nice. There we go, everyone. TikTok is a lot easier than you think. Just be real. That's what we're saying. Just be real. And that's not what I'm saying. It's what Christian's saying because he knows far more about this than I do. You're obviously at a really exciting place in the business right now. You've got loads of cool stuff going on and you're still only kind of six months of trading in. What's got you the most excited about the business right now? Great question. We have validated everything that we set out to validate in a much faster period of time than we anticipated. And, you know, even with the failures that are inevitable, and, you know, we had plenty of things that we set out, we're like, this is going to work and it didn't. And, you know, that's just startups. And I just think that really the most exciting thing right now is we, for the first time ever, have a very, very, very clear understanding of a path forward what we need to do. And, you know, really that comes in, like I was just mentioning earlier with building our own facility and what that looks like and how to lay everything out. And I wish I could go back six months ago and hit a button and start all over again and do it because it would be completely different. We'd probably be approaching $10 million in revenue, let alone a million. And just the learning period has been what's, you know, changed us so much. Every single day, there is a problem that we solve. And then we now know, okay, in the future, if we want to prevent this problem from, you know, appearing, we have to do X, Y, and Z. And so it's really exciting for us because we now have this playbook and we've run it a few times and it's gotten better every time and we know the path forward. And so right now we're, you know, we're raising capital. It's really fun to communicate this to investors and say, this is what we're working on and to see their excitement. And so, yeah, I would say that just the prospect of the future right now has everyone really exciting, even though it's, it's you know, every day holds challenges. E-commerce master plan is supported by some of the greatest companies in the e-commerce sector. Here's a reminder of who they are. Do you, like me, have a bit of a software tools habit? Well, I love a good tool and the impact it can have on my business. For me, a good tool is one that solves a problem we have, that can save me and my team time, that improves performance and where the price is 100% worth it. That's why I've always got an eye on the latest tools to appear on AppSumo. Not heard of it? AppSumo is a site where you can buy key software tools for your business once and own them forever. For example, we use a tool I bought from AppSumo in 2020 for $49 to schedule all our Twitter, LinkedIn and Facebook posts. In fact, whilst creating and promoting this very episode, me and the team will have used at least 10 tools I've bought from AppSumo. I'm a big fan. So go on, check out what's on offer right now by going to 
ecmp.info forward slash AppSumo. That's ecmp.info slash A-P-P-S-U-M-O. And I bet you'll find a brilliant solution for at least one of your problems. Go to ecmp.info forward slash AppSumo. Are you part of the free Chloe's e-commerce club? Why not? It's my free online club where the whole e-commerce master plan audience can come together. It's all about helping you improve your e-commerce business, solving your marketing challenges, getting advice from other retailers who are facing the same challenges as you right now. And yes, I will personally be hanging out in the club Monday to Friday to help you too, which makes it the only place where you can get my help one-on-one. It really is a club all about you and supporting your business. Come on and join me now. Just go to ecmp.info forward slash club. It's totally free to join. So come on, join me and hundreds of our listeners at ecmp.info forward slash club. It's time for the top tips round. Okay, I love this section because it gives me and our listeners some really quick ideas for taking our businesses to the next level. So Christian, are you ready for the top tips? Yes. Excellent. The book top tip. If everyone listening to this podcast agreed to take Friday off to read a book to make their business better, which book would you recommend? I would say Zero to One by Peter Thiel. Because? Peter Thiel is a controversial figure, but an unbelievable mind in startups and building businesses. And this book is basically a collection of his teachings from when he was a professor uh, at a period at Stanford. And it is one of the best books on entrepreneurship and building businesses and the future that I have ever heard of. I, I, I've, I've read it probably three or four times now. I can't put it down. And if you took a Friday off, you could finish it in three hours. And it quite literally shifts your perspective on business building and world building and the future of technology. And so I'm a very big advocate for that book. Everyone on our team has to read it. Excellent. Oh, there's a, a big recommendation. Okay, the traffic top tip. Which marketing method do you either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves? Asking people for opinions with no other end goal. And what I mean by that is just quite literally putting something out there and just saying, hey, tell me what you think about X. Just leave it on your website. It doesn't doesn't have to be the goal. It doesn't have to be conversion. The goal doesn't have to be sales. Just collecting those email addresses and just being able to reach out to people and say, thanks for your opinion. That's, that's excellent. We're going to use your opinion. That drives a level of loyalty that no ad can drive. And that's been one of our best methods is people love filling out forms and people love telling you what they think if it's phrased in a way that you're not directly trying to sell them something. Yeah, it's amazing how much customers will tell you and people will tell you if you just ask them for something more than a tick box answer. And whether you're a startup or whether you're a big business, you can still use this method. (laughs) Okay, tool top tip then. Maybe a collaboration tool, a social media plugin, a phone app, or just a way of working. Is there a cool little tool you use that makes you and your team more efficient from day to day? It's a hot topic right now and a very easy one that probably a lot of people use now, but ChatGPT, everything now. And I say that because... I've really radically changed the way that I use it. Our team has as well in the sense that if you just ask it for a prompt, it's going to give you an answer and it's going to fill in the blanks. I spend a minimum probably five or six hours training a chat before I ever ask it a question. And I just feed it 
everything, the inner workings of whatever I'm working on. Hey, I'm having this problem and I'm going to teach you about X, Y, and Z. Tell me you know, what you think. Give me feedback, back and forth, back and forth. And you can quite literally ask and say, what do you need to know in order to help me make an informed decision about X? And it will tell you and answer the prompts until it says, I have everything that I need. Then you ask it its question. It has changed our entire workflow. We use it for crisis management. We use it for communications, for emails, for team communications. And as long as you feed it the information that it needs, it will give you an answer that you're happy with. Wow, that's I'm, I, I love it. I hear so many different things from podcast guests about how they're using and, and non-podcast guests as well about how they're using ChatGPT. But was, did you say five to six hours training it before you asked the question? I've been using it for investor resources for a little bit, and I probably fed it about 30 or 40 pages of information before I asked it to help me build a pitch deck. And a lot of people will go in there and be like, help me build a pitch deck for my slow fashion company. And it'll spit out a bunch of super generic information. They slap it on a slide and it looks awful. But if you just feed it information and information on information and it learns it can then actually use the power of that artificial intelligence to help you figure out what you're trying to figure out. And it is so eloquent when it's fed the right information. And so, yeah, at least at least five or six hours is what I spent before I asked it a question. Love it. And that makes so much sense when you're trying to put together a pitch deck or something like that. Yeah, feed it all the information, ask it what else it needs to know, and then finally ask the, the valuable question, which is still a lot longer than it takes to create a pitch deck yourself. Absolutely. And you can even ask it for perspective. I say, think like a VC or think like an angel investor and give me your top concerns. Or I'll say, push back on any of my ideas and it'll create logical arguments against your ideas. And if you can break those arguments down ahead of time, you're already ahead of the game. And so it can pump out business plans and pitch decks and exactly. You still save time in the long run. Oh, brilliant. Brilliant suggestion. Okay, uh, the carbon top tip. What's your favorite way to reduce the carbon footprint of an e-commerce store? I'm a big advocate for offsetting, but offsetting in a particular way. I think tree planting initiatives are a lovely concept, but they don't work in practice. We work with a really amazing company that I encourage everybody to look into called One Tribe, and they're actually based in the UK. And their concept is we already have trees in the ground and they're in these endangered areas and these endangered areas that are up for sale for logging or mining or these different places. They take money, they buy that land and they preserve that land. And so these big, massive hundred year old rainforest trees that are already sucking ridiculous amounts of carbon out of the, you know, out of the air, they get to live versus let's go and put a teeny tiny little you know sapling in the ground and hope that it survives when the survival rate of those saplings is incredibly low and so so many businesses are about oh we plant x trees for you know every purchase and that's a great concept but the reality is it's not making nearly the contribution that people are thinking it is and it's a lot of marketing and not a lot of action and so i love one tribe's approach Let's leave the trees in the ground where we can and let's protect those lands and let's give them back to indigenous people. And they have a Shopify plugin where you can just set how much you want to donate per order. You know, we donate um, the equivalent of 25 trees protected. It's very, very marginal donation and it does fantastic work. Love that one. Yeah. Protect the trees we've got. 
such a good idea. Uh, I hadn't heard of One Tribe, so I'll have to go and check them out myself. Um, Christian, before we say goodbye to you, could you please let the listeners know where they can find you and your business on the web and social media, please? Yeah, you can find me on TikTok. It's very easy. If you, if you quite literally search the jeans guy, I pop up. Yeah, you find us at slowjeans.co. Yeah, that's you'll see everything there at the bottom. All of our TikToks, Instagrams, we're on Instagram, uh, Instagram at extra slow. And yeah, we'd be happy to have you if you're interested in joining our community. And my email is on our website. So if you'd like to reach out and you have any direct questions, I'm always here. And again, community outreach and speaking with people is one of my favorite things to do. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Christian. And thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It's been very inspiring chatting with you today. So um, thanks for sharing so much with the audience. Oh, thank you for having me. I appreciate the opportunity. So I think we just hit on three of the biggest topics in e-commerce right now in that interview. We talked about how to use AI, ChatGPT. We talked about TikTok and a great way to use that organically. And we talked about community. So loads of inspiration for all of you. I think whatever type of business you've got, there's something you could use what uh, Christian's just been talking about there. And I love what they're doing at Slow. And I should say their Slow is spelled S-L-O. There's no W in uh, Slow Jeans. But just really, really inspiring company. I think there's certainly one for all of us to watch and some great advice there from Christian too. Now, you can get your hands on the notes from, t- from this show, including the top tips and links to what we've mentioned by heading over to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast or use our direct to episode short links. Just put ECMP, short for e-commerce master plan, so ecmp.info forward slash episode number into the URL bar and you will magically arrive on the correct page on the website. When you get to the website, please also add yourself to our email list that way you won't miss out on any of the many many other things I share to help you improve your business if you liked this episode then why not check out episode 382 where I'm talking to another sustainable denim brand Venim v-e-n-i-m Or if you go to ecmp.info forward slash fashion, you will go to a page on our website that lists all our fashion episodes. You can binge away on those. Thank you for tuning into this and every episode of the e-commerce master plan podcast. You are listening carbon guilt free because this is a carbon positive podcast, which means we've bought the carbon credits to offset all our production, distribution and you're listening to this show. So you've just listened to this episode and all our episodes carbon guilt free. So binge away with no regrets. Now, I bring you a new interview every week because I want to inspire and help e-commerce business owners like you to succeed and thrive with your businesses, including progressing along the path to net zero. So if you know someone this show can help, please tell them to listen to the e-commerce master plan podcast. I hope you have a great week and don't forget to keep optimizing. Thank you for listening to the e-commerce master plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com slash podcast. Don't miss out. It's time you joined Chloe's e-commerce club, our free club that's all about helping you grow your e-commerce store. Join right now for free at ecmp.info forward slash club.